0: Great. Thanks very much indeed, Alex. We're going to look at that. So do, uh, if you've got your Bible, turn to that reading uh, from Proverbs 3 and 4. Uh, We'll start in chapter 3 in a minute, page 637, and we're going to pray as we look at it. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, giving us this book of wisdom to instruct and train us in the way of life. And we pray that we may find life as we find you tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this week we spent a morning here in the church with a group of people talking about life and death. Um, Not the kind of thing you talk about normally in polite conversation. Um, Death is one of those things that we hardly mention, isn't it? Um, In fact, we try to avoid the topic of death and dying, don't we? We talk about... um, Oh, I've forgotten the... We talk about life insurance, don't we? Um, And it's kind of ironic, life insurance, because you take out an insurance, don't you... Um, but actually, no one's ever going to benefit from it until you actually die. Uh, so it should really be called death insurance, shouldn't it, dare I say? Um, we renamed graveyards cemeteries uh, in the last hundred years or so. Cemeteries, it's an old word. It means literally sleeping places. And it sounds better, doesn't it, talk about going to your bed than going to your grave. We tried to prolong life as much as we can. We you know, put on face creams and go running and eat less in order to stay younger and live longer. So what does the book of Proverbs have to say about this topic of life and living and death? Well, actually, the word life, life living, that's a big theme in Proverbs. Uh, in fact, the word life or the phrase is length of days, having many days, that comes up about 40 times in Proverbs, and the word to live, or the promise you will live, comes up another four or five times. So life is a big theme here. But in Proverbs, life is not simply how long your life is, or life is not just having a pulse in Proverbs. Life is deeper than that. Life is a whole realm of living under God, in the fear of God. That's Proverbs' phrase, the fear of the Lord. And, of course, Christ in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, says, I am alive, I am the living one. So Christ is the source of life. The flip side is that death is not simply your last breath, your clinical death. Death, in Proverbs, is a whole realm that actually starts be, before clinical death, a realm of, of fear, of anxiety, of sin, of evil. And we're in one realm or the other in this life, alive or spiritually dead. Jesus, the living one. Well, let's have a look now at Proverbs. We, we've looked at lots of themes in this series. We've looked at the figure of the wise and the foolish. We've looked at friendship, at family, at work, and tonight, life and death. And the first thing we discovered about life in Proverbs is this, that life is a path to find. It's a path that we need to find. So chapter 8, verse 35, invites us, whoever finds me, and that's wisdom speaking, that's the figure of wisdom, which is really a voice for God himself and in the New Testament for Jesus. Whoever finds me... Finds life. God's the source of life, so find him and you'll find life. We've seen Solomon before using this kind of language of come to me and get wisdom. Come to me and get life. Leave your simple ways and you will live. There's that phrase, you will live. If you leave your simple ways and find wisdom, find God and his wisdom. He who finds me finds life. Similar note in chapter 4, verse 10. Accept what I say. And that's again wisdom speaking to us. Choose to be wise. Choose the path of wisdom, and the years of your life will be many. You'll have a long life. So, find God, you find wisdom. Find wisdom, you find long life. That's the message, isn't it, so far? Wisdom is a path, life is a path to find. There's actually some evidence that literally this is true. Churchgoers apparently do live longer than the rest of the population. Isn't that fantastic? What a revelation to us. About six years longer, apparently, on average. And apparently, vicars even more. Vicars live about seven years longer than average. But this is Proverbs. No promise in Proverbs is simply unqualified. He's not simply saying, Solomon... That if you find God and his wisdom, you will literally always live longer. Life is not as tidy as that. There are examples in Proverbs of the opposite being true. Um, That foolish people seem to thrive. That wicked people get rich sometimes. And the promise is not literal either. Long life in Proverbs, we'll come back to this, doesn't just mean how many years you get or how many heartbeats you do in your lifetime. Long life is a a quality, not just a quantity. Life, richness of heart, spiritual, moral, all of life. But that's the point, the big point. It's a path to find. It's a way to choose a life and death choice. Two paths to follow, the path of life and the path of death. And it all starts in the heart. So, chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of what? Of life. If you get your heart settled in the right place on God, on Christ and his wisdom, your life will flow from that like water from a spring. Find the source. And you'll find life. And the source will have its impact on your life through your heart, through the the heart of all that you are, that everything flows from. Well, how do I do that? Well, again, it is by fearing God. We've seen this before in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, we saw in chapter 1. We learnt that verse, chapter 1, verse 8. The fear of the Lord leads to life, says chapter 19, 23. If you want to find this kind of life that Proverbs offers us, it is free, but you have to find it, and you find it by finding the Lord, by trusting, fearing him. As one writer describes how when his toddler was just three years old, he was playing around with an old, it was a toy tape recorder. There was a mate called Fisher Price years ago that made these plastic toys. And there was a toy tape recorder. Some of you don't know what a tape recorder is, do you? Because it's before your time. But it was kind of, it, it was, yeah, it was before iPods, okay? It was before iPods, way back. Um, and it was a thing that you could, you could press a button, and it recorded your voice, whatever you said, and then you could press start and stop, you could rewind it and play it again and hear yourself talking. And it was hilarious for a little child to find this. And, and at one point, the toddler kind of said, said to their mum, Do you know the thing about, Life. The trouble with life is that there's no rewind button. You can rewind the tape, but you can't rewind life, can you? You can't play it again. You have that choice to make are you going to go the way of life or the way of death? And and if you choose one path or the other, you can't rewind. When we were at medical school, we loved to speak about Christ with every student friend that we could find that would listen for long enough. Um, and a number put their trust in Christ, and, and, and we see them, all of our friends, at reunions every few years, and, and they're thriving, and they're um, finding the path of life that Christ is, in his faithfulness and his love. Uh, others that listened, and at least at the time, and many of them cases, ever since, have not responded to Christ. And, you know, tragically now, in many cases, they they haven't found life. They're unhappy, they're dissatisfied, uh, their relationships sometimes have gone badly wrong. And that's what Solomon's saying, isn't it? Find the Lord, you find life. You find direction, you find a path that leads to life. Jesus says in John's Gospel, 14, verse 6, I am the way. He's the path to find. I am the way and the truth, the one that you can trust, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that's the question, isn't it, the first thing tonight? If life is a path to find, can I ask you, have you found that path yet? Have you begun to fear the Lord who first loved you, have you begun to say to him, all the pleasures and riches of the world, many of them are wonderful things, but I want you to be the source of my life. I want you to be in my heart. I want my life to flow from you, from the life you've given from nothing else. I want your gentleness leading me from sin. I want your gracious blood to cleanse me from guilt. We'll remember that tonight in the Lord's Supper your love to secure my heart forever to keep me safe. Your life to bring me, even through death, to eternity. It's a path to find. Secondly, life is the path of peace. Proverbs says that life is more than your pulse. It's more than just existing. It's a quality of life. It's not just birthdays and death days, but it's godliness and goodness and peace. So if you just flick back to chapter 3, verse 16, the, from the section that Alex just read, verse 16 says, Long life is in her right hand. In her left are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. This is the path of life. All her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. It's a path of peace. Life is much more than the number of years. It's the quality of the heart, of peace, of pleasant living, of blessing. And again, Proverbs is not giving us unqualified promises here that there will not be sadness and anxiety and fear and trial and loss. There will be for all of us. But through those things, there will still be the knowledge of his presence. It will be a path that is pleasant and that knows his blessing. It'll be more than that, actually, this path of peace. He goes on to say, in chapter 4, I lead you, this is wisdom speaking, I lead you along straight paths. The word there is upright. You might say righteous paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you'll not stumble. That's about um, godly direction to my life. Learning to live his way. The next one, 422. Wisdom says, my words are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So not just safe, but whole and healthy as well. the Oscar Wilde novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray. It's about a rich young man who makes a terrible pact, uh, and physically, in this deal, he remains young and youthful-looking. And he goes out and indulges himself in wild parties and a wild life, and nothing shows, no wrinkles, no spots and blemishes. But the deal is there's a painting of him, which is in his house, and it shows his inner life, on the canvas and every act of greed a wrinkle appears. every act of selfishness another spot, another blemish and it gets more and more blemished and ugly until it's a hideous sight and he hides it in the attic in his house, can't bear to look at it until it is his death, the painting his inner person, that's who he's become it's because he didn't heed the call did he to find life in the source, in God, and to trust that the path of life is a path of peace. It's the best path to live in life. It's a path that we've seen it. It's lasting, it's pleasant, it's blessed, it's upright, it's safe, no stumbling, and it's healthy. It's wholesome. So Jesus says in John 10, verse 10, I have come that they may have life, and life to the full. That's what he's talking about. He's not promising an easy life. He's not promising a life free from difficulty. But he's promising a life that knows the safety, the peace, the blessing, the wholeness that only God can bring. I've come that they may have life to the full. So I who you're praying for tonight. Um, that's perhaps living as it is without Christ. And, and that means, therefore, without all of this rich peace in their heart. And when a tragedy comes, they will have well, nowhere really to turn. When they walk in darkness, they will stumble because they cannot see the pitfalls on the path. Pray that they will hear of Jesus. Pray that they will respond to his gracious invitation to come to him and have life. Maybe pray that they'll come to a carol service over these next few weeks and he will speak his peace into their hearts. Maybe you and I are just facing temptations ourselves in our own life. Uh, At uni, the lifestyle of those around us can be very tempting and distracting. For someone else here, perhaps, the temptation to to greed or to anger, to self-indulgence. And Jesus in his wisdom says, don't let your feet stray from the path. It may look tempting to join the wicked and the foolish on that, but stay on the path of life because it really is the path of peace for now and for eternity. Because lastly the path of life it's not just a path to find and a path of peace it's the path that leads to glory in Proverbs there are these contrasts set up and there's there's kind of two clusters of people in Proverbs Uh, and we enter, we join one of those we begin as neutral we saw at the beginning the simple, the innocent, the naive not very flattering that's who we are And we choose, as we listen to Solomon, either to reject him and become one of the the foolish or the wicked, that's one cluster, or to become those that are among the wise and the godly. That's the other. That's the path of life. And those paths, those people walk down paths that lead in different directions. One leads to death, one leads to life. And we saw that in our reading in chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full dawn, the full gleam of day. But the way of the wicked, it goes on, is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Like a dark Norfolk country night. You cannot see the hand in front of your face, never mind what you're going to trip over. That's the way down to death. As you've seen in Proverbs, life sometimes means clinical life, a pulse, an active brain signal, breath. Skeptics actually read Proverbs and say, that's all it means. Proverbs is just a very simple offer of, if you live a good life, you'll live longer. But actually, that's not Proverbs. That's not fully what Proverbs teaches at all. There are at least a couple of places in Proverbs that are very clear that life is also about life beyond death. What we call immortality, not dying. I put one on the screen there, chapter 12, verse 28. In the way of righteousness, there is life. And explains along that path is immortality. There's the promise. Life beyond death. Death. In fact, Solomon's only really promising there what men in the ancient world believed in, some kind of reward in the next life for how you lived in this life. And it's how many of us, I think, in our culture today still think, somehow, the way we live is going to affect the future beyond death. We hope that that's going to happen. And of course, the flip side, as the verse at the bottom of the screen there says, is that those that choose to live without God in this life that receive a warning, that sin leads to God's loving, reluctant, but just judgment. The wages of the righteous is life, but the income of the wicked is sin and death. The wages of sin are death, as Paul says. So there is immortality promised. But there are actually two more moves that Proverbs makes that are even more heartwarming and comforting for us if we put our trust in Christ. Here's the first one, and it's resurrection. Resurrection for the wise promises, Proverbs. Now there's, again, one or two places. This is a, a wonderful verse, 15, verse 24. The path of life leads upwards for the wise to keep him from going down to the realm of the dead. See the two directions there? Down to the dead, if you choose to live without God and choose to remain in sin up towards life and no mention that there's death at the end it's just life that goes on and goes on life beyond physical death resurrection that's talking about death does not have the last word rising from the grave in a glorious new life that's the glory that the path of life leads to But as he paints a picture of this resurrection, this physical, eternal life beyond death, Solomon also is giving us a picture of Jesus. Jesus, who will be the first one, on behalf of us all, to experience resurrection from the dead. Because he is the king, and he's not going to be defeated by death. So John 11, verse 25, Jesus promises, I am the resurrection Not just I expect a resurrection, I am the resurrection. Your resurrection is going to happen in me. If you'll just put your faith, whoever believes in me, he says, shall live. I am the resurrection and the life. The path of life leads to glory. The writer John Ortberg tells of a champion chess player who was visiting an art gallery with a friend one day, and he came across a picture of a chess game being played. And he stopped and he got his eyes fixed on this painting, studying it. And his friend said, "You know, do you you want to go to to the next picture?" And he said, "No, no, you go on. I want to have a look at something not right here." Now, the title of the painting was "Checkmate." Uh, You know, that's that's when you win the chess game. Um, Literally, it means the king is dead, doesn't it? The king is dead. That's when the chess game finishes. The king is dead. Tuesday, the friend came back and said, oh, you know, you're still looking at it? And the the chess player said, yeah, I've worked out what it is. I've got it. I knew there's something wrong with this picture. It's called checkmate. But actually, if you look at it, the king still has one more move. And Jesus, we're told in Proverbs, he is the righteous, he is the wise one who will experience resurrection. And that's the point, isn't it? We thought death was the end of Jesus, But the king had one more move. He was going to rise again. So that in him, we could also rise. That's the resurrection promise of Proverbs. The life, the path leads to glory. And maybe some of us here, we have walked the shadow of death. Perhaps recently. We've known the scars of grief. And if that's you, will you allow the truth of these words to comfort and strengthen your heart tonight, the righteous will rise. The path of life leads upwards for the people of God and not downwards, because it's led upwards in Christ, in whom we rise. Maybe you're anxious, though, that, that, that you, know, you, th- you, th- you see that verse and you think, well, I, I'm not wise, I'm not righteous, that's not me. I'm not good enough. God won't accept me. Well, again, take comfort that Christ is all the righteous you and I need. He gave his life, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God in eternity. Our sins were nailed to the cross when he died in shame. And our eternal life began when he left the grave in victory. He died our death and we live his life. Life in Christ. We finish this series with a, just one more verse from chapter 4 which leads us to think about our communion service we share tonight. It's a strange verse you might think to end a sermon series with, but here it is. Proverbs four seventeen. The wicked eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So Wicked people love wickedness. It's, it's the stuff of life. It's what they eat and drink. Well, we're going to eat and drink in a few minutes' time. If you share in the Lord's Supper tonight, the, the bread and the wine, we'll remember as we do so Christ's life given for us, his body broken on the cross, his blood shed for us. We pray that we may receive his life in us as we do so by faith. We pray that we may look ahead to the day in glory risen with him when we share in his feast at his table. But actually, whenever you and I look at tomorrow and we see the path and we thank Jesus, he perfectly walked the path of life for us. Or whenever we know the blessing of life with Christ to direct our path, whenever we face mortality with courage because of his victory, and whenever we share the Lord's Supper, We eat, don't we, not the bread of wickedness. We eat the bread of Jesus' sacrifice for our sin, innocently. And we drink, don't we, not the wine of violence, but the wine of his blood shed innocently by violent people for us. Let's pray. Let's pray. A moment for us to pray quietly, perhaps for Christ's life to comfort us in our sorrow, to strengthen us in our weakness, or to spur us on as we walk the path of life with him. O oh God the king of glory and life you have raised your son Jesus Christ to glory in heaven we pray that by your grace you won't leave us helpless but you will send your holy spirit to strengthen us with his life and we pray that you will bring us in christ to that same place in heaven where he's gone before us, because he lives and he reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one living God, now and forever. Amen.